Is it possible to gain spiritual weight, and is it possible to have too much of it? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We're so happy that you decided to join us in the midst of this crazy season that we're in to be online with my friends and I to talk about the Bible. You can join us in our study by going to inversebible.org and there you can see our online Bible study guides from the past, present, and maybe even some future ones as well. Well, at this time, invite my friends. I'm going to say hi to them. I want to welcome them. I'm going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Callie, can you pray for us? Yeah, sure. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the privilege it is to study your word together. And as we search its pages, as we read different stories, I ask that you'd open our eyes, that you would show us what you want us to see, and we would see something we can apply even to our days right now. We ask and pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, Kelly. We've been in a discussion about the topic of discipleship, and we've covered a lot of things. And at least in the last two weeks, we looked at um, and covering, including this week, three elements that we can do practically for our discipleship. We looked at reading and feeding. We looked at air and prayer. And today we're looking at fitness and witness and just kind of allusion back to to my opener we're going to go to acts chapter 8 acts chapter 8 and sebastian if you can read starting from verse 26 verse 26 please absolutely acts 8 verse 26 now an angel of the lord spoke to philip saying arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from jerusalem to gaza this is desert so he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture, which he read was this. I'm gonna interrupt he here and he, he reads from, from Isaiah 53, yeah? So sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna maybe skip to verse 34 and I'll read verse 34, the Bible says, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now they went down the road and there came, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you may believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus 
and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Right, this is just an amazing passage, amazing passage. Um, Jonathan, mm -hmm. what's going on in this passage? Give us kind of a brief overview mm -hmm. in the context for Acts chapter 8. Yes, absolutely. So we see here Philip, who was uh, one of the deacons that is mentioned in chapter 7, actually, who okay. was, uh, you know, heeded the call to, to go into all the world uh, to preach the gospel. And so he was on his way, and uh, the Holy Spirit guided him to this Ethiopian eunuch to share the gospel with him. And uh, Philip was very much in tune with the Spirit, listening to his voice, and obeyed it, and in turn received an experience that is really amazing. Uh, leading a person mm -hmm. to Christ, baptizing, uh, mm -hmm. and then going on with the mission. It's a really a powerful story mm -hmm. in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. That's so right. why do we pick this, right. this passage in Acts chapter 8? We looked at kind of, we're looking at frequency in a sense. Um, we looked at air and prayer. We should be praying without ceasing. We should be breathing without ceasing because if you stop breathing, you die. Uh, we mm -hmm. should be eating True. and we should be reading the Bible together. Not not while we're eating in, in anyway, the, the frequency of we should be doing it every every day. Uh, and, and sometimes there are some elements about uh, chewing and eating and digesting is very similar to, to studying the word. But we also now mm -hmm. are looking at witnessing and fitnessing. And fitnessing is a verb. Fitnessing, and that is definitely is, a word. And the question is, how often should we be working out? How often should we be working out? I'm going to Sebastian, our resident working out guy, who is a former military <laughs> officer. How often do you work out? And what do you recommend to all of us? Um, well... For myself, I work out probably about six days out of seven, sometimes twice a day, depending on the workout, what it includes. Mm. Uh, but I would not recommend most people do that. Um, you really want to get your baseline fitness levels together first, make sure your body is functional, and then you want to move to a more aggressive. So you kind of move well, and then you move often. So you load a pattern, you increase the duration or the resistance in that same movement pattern, but you want to make sure that your pattern is fundamentally sound with your own body weight first. So I'd say four, four times a week and at least 30 minutes uh, continually uh, gives you the optimal results from your workout. There you have our, our health nugget for, for the week there. Uh, <laughs> we heard it from our, our expert life coach here. And it's true, we should be all exercising. The reality is many of us do not exercise. And that's where we wanna get the spiritual mm -hmm. point is, is that we could be reading our Bibles and then praying and then quote, having a okay spiritual life but without exercise, we may be gaining spiritual weight and becoming these lethargic and indolent Christians. So mm -hmm. uh, Sebastian recommended 30, 30, day, 30 minutes a day. We should at least have some component of witnessing. And then we see principles of witnessing in this chapter as Jonathan described. I want to ask uh, Callie, what are some things that you see in Acts chapter 8 that just really pop out to you that give us principles of, of witnessing? Yeah, one aspect I really like about this story is how Philip approaches um, this person. So he doesn't mm -hmm. just come up and say like, hey, let me explain to you what you're reading. So ABC, but he starts out with the question in verse 30, where he says, do you understand what you are reading? And then um, mm -hmm. he gives him, he's like, how can I? And then he asks questions in verse 34. So it kind of starts as a conversation versus Philip mm -hmm. just kind of monologuing at the guy. And so I appreciate mm. the the conversation aspect and the the not so Philip doesn't come in just saying like let me just like drop off some information for mm -hmm. this person, but he's like right, what does right. he want to know, like mm -hmm. how can I help him in the way that he feels it at this moment? Mm -hmm. That's a really mm -hmm. great point. Passion. Um, and I also think Justin, the thing I love is in verse twenty six, the Bible says, "Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road 
which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is desert. Mm -hmm. And so it's mm -hmm. interesting to me to notice that the Holy Spirit, when we make ourselves available for witnessing, actually guides us into situations. It's showing mm -hmm. us that the Holy Spirit is preparing people for us to reach if we mm -hmm. are just willing to make ourselves available. So how many mm -hmm. of us are neglecting opportunities to be a part of a miracle of God and of the leading right. of the so Holy Spirit? So we should Spirit. have a, a willing heart and submit mm -hmm. ourselves Absolutely. to this kind of bird's eye view that God already has. And then just have a conversation, a dialogue, yeah. uh, just a natural part of, of who you are. Okay, mm -hmm. excellent. Exactly. It's really powerful. Exactly. Um, what Sebastian is saying here, when we make ourselves available to the Spirit, He will guide us. I have yet to experience a time where I ask mm -hmm. God for a divine appointment and He doesn't give it to me. Just the other mm -hmm. day, I was praying that God will give me an open door to reach my neighbors, somehow connect with them. And sure mm -hmm. enough, an opportunity arose where they invited me inside their home for the first time. And we were able to connect mm. on a personal level, which hopefully by God's grace mm. will lead to something deeper in it later on. But another thing that right. I uh, that goes along in verse 26, and kind of Sebastian touched upon it, it says here that the Holy Spirit led him on this road. And then it says, this is desert. Sometimes mm -hmm. when we ask God to lead us and guide us, he will lead us into places we would not naturally want to go to. I mean, the desert mm. is nice maybe for a brief visit, but you don't want to stay there. But the powerful thing in this story is, is how the Holy Spirit leads us from the desert to the water of life later on with the baptism. So we've got to trust mm -hmm. him in the process. Sometimes things don't look the way we might expect them to look like. But mm -hmm. if we trust him, even a desert place can reveal, uh, you know, a miracle and a powerful experience. I really see the Holy Spirit kind of like a GPS system in the back of the back of Philip's mind. And be like, hey, you need to yes. go here to the specific road and then the speed limit. You can go faster here, go over, take the chariot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, coming <laughs> up ahead is some water. So if everything's just planned yes. and you see the willingness of mm -hmm. Philip just to mm -hmm. follow the Spirit's leading. Sometimes we yeah. get into these extremes of witnessing, and I want to ask you all, sometimes we think of witnessing, and it freaks people out. Sometimes it, it freaks me out that we think we need to preach that Jesus is coming to tomorrow, and then the empires are going to mm. fall, and you know all the, and we got to wear weird clothes and wear, eat weird food and just be weird, and that is witnessing. <laughs> and then the other extreme is, mm. I'm just going to smile. And I'm just going to be a right. nice person and people yeah. will know Jesus. Like, how do we differentiate? And what does this passage say what real witnessing is and to avoid those mm -hmm. those those extremes? What a Callie. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that I see, again, just from from this example, is that Philip is asks a question, assesses where this person is and then mm. ministers to them in that way. So he had questions about this passage, so Philip explained this passage. I'll give two, mm -hmm. hopefully, very brief examples. Uh, so one time I was studying with a friend, and we were talking about classwork, and just in passing, she said something to the effect of, yeah, well, I guess that's why, you know, God killed my dad, because I wasn't, like, good enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we're not, we're oh, not wow. having a Bible wow. study. But right. she, she said that. And so I was like, you know, do you mind if I share something with you? So I took her to the book of Job and we talked about that. And so that was an opportunity. Now I could have ignored that and been like, well, that was, I don't agree with that, but we have to study for a test and this is awkward. Mm -hmm. um, another example <laughs> was um, recently I was studying with someone else, completely different program, school, everything. And I could tell that she was really stressed about something else. And she shared that her sister um, was diagnosed with cancer. And so I talked to her about that and just let her talk. And then at the end, I'm like, you know, do you mind if I, do you mind if I pray with you? And she's like, mm. sure. How do you, how do you pray? 
And so, you know, she has no experience with this, but she trusts my heart. And so we pray together and it brings her to tears. Mm. And I, I praise God for that opportunity. And I tell her that I pray for her, her and her sister mm -hmm. every day. And she's super thankful for that. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of opportunities where I was listening to what these people were saying and I didn't say, and by the way, Jesus is coming soon because that wasn't the time for that. But as mm -hmm. I say, the, the different parts of truth, it can lead to that in those conversations. So I think a big That's part right. is the context. I love the, the question and answer and the power of listening and then trying to meet their need. Here in Acts mm -hmm. chapter 8, he's talking to them. And like, hey, are you understanding what you're reading there? Just kind of looking over your shoulder. You're yeah. reading Isaiah 53. Do you understand? <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't. And then so he's meeting that mm. need, whether it's an emotional need or psychological need, a social need, or even intellectual need. We are called to meet the needs and then uh, witness to them afterwards. When we come back, we're going to look at the three elements of the practical elements of discipleship. We're going to look at reading and feeding, air prayer, and fitness witness. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're looking at the, the topic of discipleship in Acts chapter 8. And when it comes to witnessing, some people love it. They're like, man, I got to go out there and want to talk to as many people as possible and have that experience and be like Philip. And there's others, there's some of us that are like, uh-uh, not for me. That's for like the uber super Christian, not for me. I want to ask my, my friends on this episode, um, let's go to Callie. Like, what? why should we witness? How does this impact our, what are the benefits? Are there benefits? And should we even be thinking about benefits? Callie. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's many different benefits and many different reasons why we should be engaged in witnessing. One of them is just because Jesus entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ himself, as it says in second mm -hmm. Corinthians. But even if you want to look at it from like a purely selfish perspective, like what is it for me? Although we shouldn't look at that, but you still can in this case, because it's mm -hmm. even good for us when we witness. I think I would know maybe like 25% of what I do know if I'd never engaged in witnessing because people ask me questions and I don't know the answer. And so it forces me to, to pray more and to study the Bible more rigorously. And if no one had asked me, I could have been like, well, that's a difficult question. I'll know the answer. It doesn't really change anything for me. So like, whatever. <laughs> and it'd be easy to skip over things, but it's, it's by feeling, you know, seeing how this person is coming to me and I have a responsibility that helps me step up and just engage with Christ more. So my relationship with Jesus is stronger and more enriched because of witnessing. And, you know, I think too, sometimes we don't want to witness because like you said, we think uber Christians will do that or just that mentality of someone else will do it. But something that's really helped me is I've seen how Jesus has put me in particular in very specific situations where my personality, my life experience, Jesus used those things to reach someone. So whether you're super extroverted like Sebastian or you're introverted like the rest of us, you know, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus can use us um, to reach people. And even if it's not a billion Amen. people, there are certain people that Jesus wants to use us to minister Amen. to. Amen. And it could be that our particular 
the the uniqueness and the weirdness and the individuality of Sebastian yeah. is I mean there's a unique mm -hmm. combination of Sebastian where only Sebastian can reach some kind of people and the uniqueness mm -hmm. of Callie yeah. can only reach other these, these other types that Callie can reach and the Jonathans and the Justins out there mm -hmm. so if we say that oh these are for uber Christians we're almost kind of like knocking out a certain branch of a category of people if I can even say that and yeah. and, and we will reach out to yeah. them um, Sebastian, what is it about human nature that really just turns us off? I mean, I know that you are introvertedly extroverted, uh, and, 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 and it comes natural for some and natural and unnatural for others. I mean, mm -hmm. and I appreciated Callie's comment so far, but she's really given us practical things on, on how to make it natural. What is it inside of us that just, it just, ah, oh, that factor? Well, I think a big part of it is a lot of us, when we think about relationships, which are essential to evangelism and successful discipleship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't think about going out of our way to befriend people that we wouldn't necessarily naturally connect with. And I think mm -hmm. that resistance of the fact that our friends are people that we kind of grew organically. We had similar mm -hmm. interests. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We went to the same law school, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. And so we naturally built a friendship. But in discipleship evangelism, you're being intentional about the relationship that you're building. And so it's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm trying to force a friendship. And what happens if our personalities clash? What happens if we just don't jive or like he grew up in the inner city, you know, in LA and I grew up somewhere else in the suburbs and I can't really relate to his experience. We mm -hmm. feel like we're not able to reach that type of person if we have that sort of disconnect between us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It almost seems like uh, the more of a connection we have with Jesus, it actually enables us to have a more connection with other people. That sounds a little cliche, yeah. but as the creator oh, of all true. humanity, the more we connect mm -hmm. with him, the more we have connectability with others. And I appreciate that emphasis on connection mm -hmm. and friendship and relationships, of which sometimes uh, uh, the discipleship and evangelism kind of disconnects us from people. That's the irony yes. there. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan, what do we yep. do with people yep. who maybe have a loss of motive or maybe they used to be there but not there? Or sometimes we get mm -hmm. into, do I is my motive pure or not? And we get into this psychological mm -hmm. thing. Talk about that for a while. For a while. Yeah. Um, so I struggled with this uh, at times where I was lacking motivation or genuine compassion for other people wanting to go out mm -hmm. there. I would, with my mind, I would understand, yes, they need the gospel. Yes, we need to help. But um, I, I wasn't really um, emotionally invested and, and thinking, oh, you know, this really needs to happen. Um, and so what really helped me personally was looking at Jesus on the cross. And this sounds cliche, mm -hmm. but it is really true. When you ponder <laughs> upon the sacrifice of Christ for your life, when you realize mm -hmm. the agony he went through on the cross, the selfless uh, heart of God, when you see all that in the light of the cross, you realize your own brokenness. You realize what incredible compassion God has for you. And you will see that, uh, that God sees the whole world through that lens, that God mm -hmm. loves everyone to an incredible degree. And if he loves me, um, he, that love of him towards me will awaken a love in me for him and for others. That's the one thing. And uh, this is uh, the second point is also um, found in the, in the passage we were studying. I like how it says in, um, let's see here, the Holy Spirit was speaking to him in verse uh, 29. It says, the Spirit said to Philip, go near. So the mm -hmm. command of the Holy Spirit was to come close to the people. Sometimes we, we learn compassion by just engaging with people. I remember I was uh, ministering to some people mm -hmm. in my church district and I had no desire. It was a very 
you know, ugly, um, filthy situation I had to walk into with this family. And so I remember going there. I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this. Everything in me, the natural impulses were like, no, you don't want to do this. But once mm -hmm. I got close to the people, I saw the hurt and the pain that they were going through. And I remember tears in my eyes because I realized this, uh, you know, Jesus has done so much more for me than I'm doing right here. But it awakened mm -hmm. me in, a, in me a compassion, not because I was better, but because I realized I'm just like them in need of Jesus. And so mm -hmm. um, it helped me to, to have more genuine desire to help people. So two things, again, looking at the cross and then coming close to people makes a huge difference. Sometimes you know, the, the, the motivation comes out um, when you are in the process of connecting with people. It's just a decision you got to make. But when you are doing it with Jesus, he will grow in you that compassion. I appreciate that comment, especially with Jesus in the background of your shot there. Uh, you have your picture of Jesus <laughs> on the cross. I mean, that, the, the juxtaposition uh, is, is very powerful. Sebastian, you wanted to jump in there. I was just going to jump in off of what Jonathan's saying in the fact mm -hmm. that one of the conflicts I used to have in my early experience with discipleship and evangelism is the fact that God could finish the work on his, his own. Like, why does mm -hmm. he need me to do this? Like, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, God could just speak one word and finish the gospel, right? Speak to every soul everywhere on the planet Earth, and they would know in their hearts they heard from the creator and do you accept or do you not, right? Just put the little two boxes like in kindergarten. Do you like me? Yes or no? And it's like, okay, yes, I like Jesus and I want to follow him. But the truth is one of my favorite authors wrote a quote that said that God has given us the work of spreading the gospel so that we can develop a character like Christ by doing the work that mm. Jesus did. So the mm. character that Jesus had and the transformation that mm. produced the person that we say defines history and time, BC and AD, and has done more to influence society than any other figure in the history of the world was produced by the very work of, fitness, of witnessing. And mm -hmm. to me, that's what really kind of helped me to really process the fact that Sadasha, this is about your own transformation. And there's no other mm -hmm. way for you to be like your master, to be mm -hmm. like Christ and to say, I truly love Jesus and want to imitate him. And yet I'm not going to do the very mm -hmm. work that he did while he was on earth. Mm -hmm. This all goes back, goes back to the Great Commission. This back from episode one of Matthew chapter mm -hmm. 28. Go ye therefore, you do all these things, but the main verb is to make disciples of, to be discipled by others and to disciple other people after you. The, the cool thing about Acts chapter eight that I see is that it's about witnessing. Uh, but this is, this is one passage. It brings these three elements together as he's mm -hmm. witnessing he needs to talk about the Bible. I mean, they're studying at Isaiah mm -hmm. 53. Mm -hmm. the, the Bible, the word of God is the content of which what they're witnessing to and witnessing about and what, what they're talking about. Yep. But to get to that right. appointment, they need the Holy Spirit. And that's really through prayer and through having a deep connection with God and the Holy Spirit. So these things, three things work together, kind of like when you're working out. You're working out and uh, I, realize, uh, I realize when I don't work out, I get... I don't feel a need for it, but I do get lazier. I do mm -hmm. gain weight in a sense, mm -hmm. uh, not in a sense. I do. <laughs> and then, but when I, when I do work out, my breathing level goes higher. My hunger goes higher and the three kind of all kind of work together, you know, and it's kind of yeah. all Correct. interrelated mm -hmm. and it, it really yeah. feeds this, this new man, uh, that, that Paul mm -hmm. talks yeah. about. I, I love Jonathan. how, um, Sebastian was talking about, uh, that this is, you know, the process of transformation that takes place in our lives. 
And it really is a lifelong thing. And we see that with Philip here too. Uh, he had this incredible mm -hmm. experience with the Holy Spirit guiding him to, to this uh, Ethiopian eunuch through which the gospel went to Africa, by the way. So that's a pretty powerful uh, thing that's going mm -hmm. on there. You never know who you're witnessing to, what will, what will be the repercussions of that. That's right. But then in that's verse right. 40, it says, Philip was found. First of all, can we please talk about for a second the fact that the Holy Spirit, you know, teleported uh, Philip here, which is right. amazing. You know, I mean, I want to experience that one. Um, but then verse 40 says, uh -huh. Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So he was not just like, you know what? I'm going on this mission trip. Great experience. Two weeks later, I'm done. I've done my service. No, he just continues. He just, he's ongoing. This is his life. His God's mm -hmm. mission is his life. There's, that's his direction. Uh, that's what defines him. Um, uh, preaching Jesus to the world. It's not a, a one-time program, a one-time experience. It's an ongoing, lifelong experience through which that transformation that Sebastian talked about takes place in our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Let's go to Callie. Callie, how can we get into this mindset and make it natural and consistent and, 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 and exciting and zealous? Wow, that's a really uh, intense question. Uh, um, <laughs> I think it's really just no everything pressure, no pressure. we've... I feel lots of pressure. Okay, how do you solve everyone's problem with witnessing? Go. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the main part is just to spend that that time with Jesus and to, to mm -hmm. pray for that, that connection with him. Um, I can say that I have struggled for a long time, um, not so much now, but like in the very early parts of my, my Christian experience where I hated witnessing. Um, the idea made me nauseous and I felt awkward and I was terrified, but it came from an idea of, you know, I have to like convince this person to be a Christian in one conversation. I don't know how to do that, mm. but that's, mm. that's not what witnessing is. Not your goal. Witnessing right. is, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I just, that's the goal, but like you can't convert people. The Holy Spirit does that. So the Holy Spirit uses us. And again, I just want to go back to 2 Corinthians 5 because I love that picture of ambassadors for Christ. So God is pleading through us to be reconciled to himself. That's what we're mm -hmm. doing. So we, we share parts of who Jesus is through his word. We, we pray with people. We, we answer their questions. And we do also tell them that Jesus is coming again soon. But we take that, that, that opportunity to share what we mm -hmm. can, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on our heart. I love the Christocentricity of your comment. And that's what, really what uh, Philip is doing here. He says here, he just starting from the beginning of scriptures, he preached Jesus to him. That's our, our plea for all of us and hopefully for all of you. We're going to ask that you continue the conversation. If you go to our social media outlets, you can go to our handle Inverse Bible and go to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you can also go to hopetv.org slash universe to see all the past, present, maybe some future episodes of Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, Hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.